Hello everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes. And I wanted to talk to you today about the notion of stone soup. What is in yours? Now, I know you're probably wondering what in the world is stone soup, Keisha, and why are we trying to figure out what to make what we're going to put in it. Well, Stone Soup comes from a children's book that I loved reading when I was teaching first grade. And so I wanted to share the story with you today. And then I wanted to share some insights with you on lessons learned from it. And the story begins with uh, two travelers that are going through the woods and the, the countryside. And they're tattered their clothes are tattered and torn and they're hungry and they're tired and they've been trying to figure out where are they going to find a place to rest and where are they going to find a place to get some food so they come upon a village and when they come into the village they notice that there aren't a whole lot of people outside nobody's congregating under the trees in the in the in the in the courtyard there you know everybody's doors are pretty much closed Um, They see that there are people definitely there, but nobody comes out to greet them. Nobody comes out to welcome them. Nobody comes out to find out why these two strangers are entering this town. So they go to the first house and they knock on the door and the door creaks open just a little bit and someone peeks out and and they say, hello, we are two weary travelers. We've been traveling for a long time and we really just want to get something to eat and someplace to, to lie down and rest for a bit. And so the, the woman looks out and she looks them up and down really cynically and she says, well, we haven't had, we don't have anything extra here in the village. We only have enough just for us. I only have enough in my house just for me. So you'll have to go elsewhere. And she shuts the door. So they look at each other and they look around and they say, well, okay, well, we'll try the next house. So they knock on the next door and again, the door creaks open just a little bit And there's a man inside this time and he looks at them and he looks them up and down and he says, what do you want? And they say, well, we're weary weary travelers. We've been traveling for a great distance and our clothes are torn and tattered and we haven't had anything to eat. And we would really love it if you would give us a bit of bread or someplace to, to sleep and lay our heads so that we can continue our journey in the morning. So the man looks them up and down and he said, I don't have enough for you. I only have enough for myself. And with that, he shut the door. Now, this happened over and over and over again as they went to each one of the houses. And so the two travelers looked at each other and they said, hmm, we think this is the perfect opportunity for us to make some stone soup. So they pulled out this big cast iron pot that they had been carrying in their, in their bag and they proceed to set up in the middle of the square They got some firewood, they found some water from the river to fill the pot, and they put the pot on, they lit the fire under it, and as the water started to boil, they looked around and they made a great announcement. They picked up a a stone that was in the bag and they said, oh my goodness, we've been traveling so far, we are so famished, and we just need a place to rest, but you know what will rejuvenate us and give us the, the, the... the energy that we need to continue if we make our famous stone soup. 
So with that, they picked up the stone and they, they dramatically plopped it into the pot of water. And then they started stirring the pot. And as the, boil, the water started to boil, they stirred the pot and they tasted it and they made this great show of saying, oh my goodness, this soup is amazing. It is going to be so filling. We cannot wait until we have a chance to taste it. And so naturally, the other villagers started looking at these, these travelers that had just been knocking on their door and asking for food and someplace to stay. And now they're in the middle of the town square and they've got a big pot that's boiling water and they're talking about stone soup. So one, the first woman that they had actually knocked on the door and who had turned them away, she comes out and she pokes her head out and she comes into the square and she said, what are you doing? And they said, oh, we are making our fabulous stone soup. It is going to be amazing. It is the best thing that you have ever tasted. But you know what would make it even better? If maybe we had some carrots to go with it. So the woman looked up and she said, oh, I have a garden and I have some carrots. I can bring some to add to the soup. And they said, oh my gosh, this would be wonderful if you brought us some carrots and we can add it to the soup and you will be more, more than happy to join us. So the woman hurried off and she brought in some carrots and she handed it to, to the two travelers and they cut up the carrots in it and they added it to the pot and they stirred it as, you know, and made a great show of tasting it and going, oh my goodness, the carrots were absolutely amazing. Well, now the woman's standing there and the old man who was at the second house, he comes out and he asks them, what is going on here? What are you cooking with this big pot and, and what is stone soup? So the travelers looked at him and he said, we're making stone soup. It is the best thing ever. And they, so they stir the pot and they said, she just added some carrots. But you know what would make this even better? If we had some beef. So the man looks around and he said, well, I'm the butcher and I have some beef. So he runs back to his house and he grabs some, some cuts of beef and some, um, and some beef stock and bones and he brings it back and they put it into the pot and they start stirring it and they're going, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. So then someone else comes out and this person has potatoes and someone else comes out and this person has onions and someone else comes out and so on and so forth until the travelers have talked to every single person that initially turned them away and each person went back to their respective houses and they brought something out that they had that they contributed to the stone soup. Now, along the way, more and more people are coming out of their houses. And every time someone comes out and asks what's going on, the travelers say the same thing. We're making our wonderful stone soup and this person has contributed this and this person has contributed that. And now if we only had, this would make it so much better. And so one by one, as the villagers came out and they started smelling the aroma from the soup and they started seeing that other people were contributing and they started thinking about what they had that could add to the stone soup, they would go back and they would bring what they had. Now, along the way, they're creating this mouth-watering stew that is causing all of their stomachs to grumble because there's been a drought in the in in you know and and things have not been going that well and so they've been holding on to what they have because they didn't know how long it would last and so finally the stone soup is ready and they go out and they all bring bowls and they they set this big table up in the middle of the courtyard and everybody is sitting at the table and the strangers start spooning out the stone soup to everybody so everybody sits at the table and everybody eats 
and there's enough for everybody and it's delicious. And so the strangers look at each other and they said, wow, you guys did such an amazing job with creating this stone soup. We would like to gift you with a stone of your own that you may keep. So after gifting the villagers with the stone and they found one of the, the villagers offered them a place to stay, the next morning the, the travelers got up and they left. Now, what's the moral of the story? Of course, stone soup is what happens when all of your team members, all of your community members, all of your different stakeholders, when everyone brings what they have to the table to share. Now, I'm a big, big, big proponent of collaborative networking. I'm a big proponent of collaborative partnerships, of creating collaborative learning environments, of collaborating in general, of bringing resources to the table so that it is a win-win. Not a gimme gimme in terms of you give me what I want and I don't give you anything like the villagers were initially. But really, when you think about the whole, the whole concept of stone soup, it's that each person brings with them something that is integral to the process of creating the outcome. The outcome in this case was the stone soup and feeding everyone. But imagine if no one brought anything. And that's usually what starts to happen when you look at some organizations and you look at community-wide partnerships. It is so easy for people to say, I'm not going to contribute or I don't have enough for me, so therefore I don't want to give to you because then I'll run out. But if you think about it, building collaborative networks has to have five main things. One, it has to have trust. The people who are in this network and in this collaboration and in the, on this team have to trust each other. They have to trust that the person who is sitting next to them is going to show up 100% the same way they're going to show up 100%. You can't work with people if you don't trust people. And you can't trust people if you don't know people. So the next aspect is you have to have transparency and vulnerability. We all have to come to the table with all of who we are, our dirty language, you know, our dirty laundry, our perspective, our experiences. We have to show up authentically as who we are. We have to be transparent about what's working and what's not working. We have to be transparent about what's successful and what's not successful. You cannot come to the table and want to contribute to Stone Soup you know, imagine if the person that was bringing carrots or potatoes or milk or, 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 or beans or meat, instead of being honest about what they had, they lied and they said, oh, I'm going to bring beef, but the beef was, 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 was spoiled. Or they said that they had carrots and they didn't. Or they said that they could contribute something that they couldn't. And so... Whenever you're putting together collaborative networks and collaborative teams, you want to make sure that there's trust and there's transparency and vulnerability. And, and you are in a safe environment where you're going to be able to show up fully as who you are. Warts and all. And so in order for you to have that trust and that accountability and that vulnerability, you need to have, like I said, accountability. That means that if you say you're going to do something, you need to do it. 
And accountability is not a bad word. Just because when you say you're going to do something and someone holds you accountable to it by saying, hey, you said you're going to do this, so we were depending on you, that doesn't mean that you are in a combative environment. It doesn't mean that what you're doing is not valued. It doesn't mean that you are being picked on by other people. Accountability just means that other people want to know that they can depend on you. So if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you can't do it, then come back and say, hey, I thought I had this, or I thought I could do this, or I thought this was the case, and it turns out it's not. So there's nothing wrong with coming back later and saying, hey, I thought I could do this, but I couldn't. Let's, re- let's reevaluate and let's restructure and replan. That is a good thing because once again, going back to trust and transparency, you cannot work with people collaboratively if you don't trust them. So we all have to be accountable to what we say we're going to do. The next thing that is a, a must in building your collaborative networks is sustainability. And by sustainability, I mean that you cannot have a situation where this only happens one time. If you want to truly have a facilitated outcome of success, if you want to outline a vision for your organization or for your community where you are going to be able to not just achieve a measure of success, but be able to sustain that measure of success, you need to have programs and initiatives and activities and standard operating procedures and guidelines and everything that is going to enable you to maintain that momentum. You're going to have to have resources. You're going to have to have partnerships. You're going to have to have opportunities to revisit what's going on to be able to say, hey, how is this working and how do we need to change it? You're going to need to be able to allocate funding for it. You're going to need to be able to allocate you know, um, time for it. You need to work on it so that you can sustain it. And one thing that I have noticed in my work with clients, and, and this goes, this is the same for if I'm working with an intact work group or if I'm working with an, an organization in the community on how they can actually bring more people together and have a seat at the table to, to create a dialogue and a movement to, to create a long-lasting impact, it's the same across the board. Collaborative networks are collaborative networks because they hinge on people. So if you want to sustain the success, because nobody wants to work this hard and just have it, you know, go by the wayside. And and this is what happens so often when you get people who are passionate about things and they're excited about things and they say, oh, we're going to pull all these people together and we're going to create this soup. But the only place they get to is having the meeting and saying, hey, we're going to build, we're going to have some stone soup and they put the, the pot on and the water and the stone, but they don't ask for anybody to bring anything. Or they say, we're going to make this stone soup and this is going to be awesome and this is where, and we're going to be able to feed everyone, but they don't have a pot or they don't have a fire or, you know, they're missing some component so you can't sustain it. And so when you look at building collaborative networks, when you look at building collaborative learning communities, when you look at creating something that is going to have momentum on its own and continue and be sustainable, 
You have to make sure that when you go into this and you start this process, you're not just focusing on the small things. You're focusing on the big picture. You're focusing on how are we going to maintain what we started. And part of the reason why you really need to do that is because nobody wants to waste their time. And I know that anybody listening has had, has had experiences where you have been part of a committee or a think tank or an organization startup or a company startup or a charitable initiative. You've been a part of something where there's a problem that's identified, there's a solution that is presented, and there's all of this talk, but then when it comes to actually bringing people together and people contributing and things actually happening, you fall short. Or you gain some success with the initial activities, but then nothing happens to sustain it and it fizzles out. So with this, you also have to have measurement. And measurement is key because data is king. You need to make sure that there is a way to measure your impact, to measure your results, to quantify your success so that you can actually say, you know what, this is our ROI. This is our return on investment. For all the sweat equity that you put in, for all the resources that you contributed, for all the ways that you showed up and and gave of your gifts and your talents and your abilities, for all of the ways that you connected me and sponsored me and championed me, these are are the ways that this has made an impact. These are all of the ways that we can measure the success. These are the metrics and how we measured where we started and where we are now. And this is what we can point to as being the indicator of why it's working. So when you're building the collaborative networks, you have to have trust, you have to have transparency, you have to have accountability, you need sustainability, and you need measurement. And the data points have to be able to sustain and to show exactly what type of success you're experiencing. So I know you're asking me, okay, this is great, to have all of this in, you know, all of these components and we can figure out how to do all of these components or you can just call me and I'll help you work through it. But how do you start this and how do you keep this going? I'm working with several design projects right now and I'm I'm working with organizations that are trying to build more collaborative networks in order to actually solve some, some problems in their community. And they're looking at it from a, from a solution design standpoint. We've got all of these resources, we have all these programs, we have all these initiatives. So how do we put this together in such a way that it's going to give us the outcome that we desire? And the first thing that I told them is that first, you have to get everybody on the same page. You have to get everybody with a shared vision of what this is going to look like, of why we are doing it. Everybody has to have the same vision of what success looks like. They have to be on the same page of what you're trying to accomplish. Otherwise, you're going to start working against each other. The second component is that you have to absolutely plan everything. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. It's as simple as that. You must have a strategy moving forward. You must have action steps of who's going to do what, what time frame it's going to be done in, 
who's responsible for it, the roles and responsibilities, the, 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 the resources that are needed, whether it's time or people or money or all of it, you have to plan it out. Change does not happen on a whim. Change is not spontaneous. As I like to say, change is a process that begins with an event. So when you're looking at Stone Soup and you're looking at building collaborative networks and you're looking at building opportunities for people to work together in new ways in order to design a solution that is going to be sustainable, that is going to be impactful, and that is going to make a change, a long-term systemic change in the way things are done, you have to plan your process. And if you don't plan your process and you're not looking at each step of the way in terms of looking at, okay, you know what, now that we've planned out what we're going to do, now that we know what we're going to do in terms of what it looks like, and we've planned out what it's going to look like by deconstructing to reconstruct, now we're going to go through the process of implementing the plan, and then you have to come back and say, you know what, we need to assess the process to make sure of what we're doing and how we're doing it because we want to be able to replicate this over and over again so that it's going to be successful. And we also need to evaluate our progress. How long is this going to take us? How much progress are we making? Is it small incremental steps or do we, do we anticipate having a, a large jump initially and then it slows down? What's our time frame? Is this 30 days? Is it 90 days? Is it Is it six months? Is it a year? Is it five years? And what does success look like at each stage? So with all of that, you have to understand collaborative networks are, I think, the best thing since sliced bread because they enable you to learn from each other, to pool your resources, to be able to bring all of the gifts and the talents and the abilities and, you know, all the ingredients together to create an awesome stone soup but you have to plan to sustain it you have to plan to implement it you have to plan that catalyst that event that starts the change and starts the ball rolling you have to know where you're going what you're trying what what it looks like when you get there and then what are the things that you're going to need inviting people to take to participate in the process is awesome it is a great first step but then facilitating a session where everybody talks about what are your pain points what are you doing that's that's working well what are you doing that's not working so well what are the barriers that you're encountering and how do you think those need to be addressed what are the ways in which you are willing to step up and commit to change What are the ways that you are willing to step up and commit resources? What are the ways in which you are committing to step up and support this? And if you look at each one of those and you look at yourself and say, well, this is what I bring to the table and this is what I'm committed to and this is what you can hold me accountable for and this is how you can trust me and this is how I'm being very transparent in that, you know what, I had this great idea but I never got off the ground because... I was procrastinating. Or you know what? It just wasn't a priority of ours because our budget was cut. Or you know what? We really thought this was a great thing when we found out about it, 
but we don't have the resources to actually be able to do it. And now you can start to look at this from a different perspective and you can have a full understanding of all of the resources that you have at your disposal, all of the ingredients that are going into this stone soup and figure out what's the best way for us to put this together. What's the best way for us to leverage what we have? What's the best way for us to use this in order for us to get to that shared vision? Because unless people have a shared vision, unless they trust you, unless they're transparent, unless they are joined with you and understanding that everything that you're doing, everything that you all are doing is going to lead to the greater good and that they have a stake in, in, in being on the receiving end of that, unless you show people how all of this is connected and you provide the context for it and you communicate that with them in a way that compels action instead of just conveying information and you find a way to measure it and you find a way to plan it and you find a way to sustain it. If you don't do all of those things, then you're spinning your wheels. And you have another, yet another meeting where people talk about the issues and it becomes a griping session and a venting session. And I know we've all been there and we hate it because we feel it's a waste of our time. So how many times have you been a part of think tanks? How many times have you been a part of, oh, we're doing, we're spearheading a new strategic plan. How many times have you been a part of panel discussions? How many times have you been asked to show up, to solve a problem, to design a solution, to say, hey, we all need to work together. And then nothing happens. You have a few meetings, you talk about what you may do, they bring in a consultant or two, and then nothing happens. Because change is a process that begins with an event that is facilitated by people. You can't have stone soup without each person contributing what they have. You can't build collaborative networks and collaborative strategic partnerships without everyone bringing what they have. You can't sustain success and you can't achieve sustainable outcomes without bringing everything that you have to the table. You can't. It doesn't matter that this is something that you've planned every year. It doesn't matter if, you know, we build momentum and we've got a really good thing going, but six months down the line, there's no one to be found. So part of that sustainability is not just saying, hey, how are we going to keep this going with the people we have in place? It's also How do we plan for succession? How do we plan to bring in new organizations, to bring in new people, to bring in new blood and fresh perspectives and fresh energy? You always, always, always have to look at all of those different components when you're looking at collaborative networks. And part of the reason why I'm talking about this is because when you look at the way business is being done now, and you look at the way community initiatives are being done now, it's all about collaboration. 
It's all about people bringing everything that they have, bringing what you have, bringing your ingredient to add to the stone soup so that you can contribute to making a broader impact. If you're in your house by yourself and all you have are potatoes, then all you're gonna eat is potatoes. But if you come out and you add your potatoes to the meat, to the vegetables, to the bread, now you've got a meal. To the spices, now you have a really good meal. So I need you to start looking at stone soup. What are you making? What are you adding to the table? What are you adding to the ingredients to help create an opportunity for a robust, filling, sustaining meal that is going to not only feed you for today, but you're positioning yourself to be fed tomorrow and the days after. So I hope this has been helpful for you and impactful in some way. Visit my website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. You can listen to my podcast every week on Mile High Radio and on my website as well as Spreakers, Stitcher, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, iTunes, and several others. Until next time, I am Keisha Rivers, Chief Outcome Facilitator and President of the Cars Group where we facilitate outcome. And I am so excited to have you join me today where I talked about Stone Soup and how to ensure that you are creating the success that you want to see. So until next time, make it a great one.